everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at sknr.net as we deal with all things movies, games, television, conventions, pop culture, travel, entertainment, and more. Now, uh, you can also catch me on BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM, and uh, we have the uh, simulcast up on our page as well. You can catch us at Pinal, P-I-N-A-L, central.com, keyword skewed, and that is a network of newspapers. You can see a bunch of our reviews under there. You can catch us on Sci-Fi Radio. You can catch us on Smash Bomb, all sorts of nice uh, outlets, N4G, Open Critic, and more. And, of course, we have our skewed and reviewed magazine. Now, this week, Michael uh, is away. He uh, unfortunately is dealing with the loss of a beloved cat in his home. Michael, like me, a big cat lover. He has uh, far more than I do. I only have three, and he has uh, more (laughs) than that. So he's dealing with that. Then he had some uh, early morning things to deal with work-wise. So Justin and I are rolling today. And folks, good news. Finally, it just came down. After 118 days, the actor's strike is coming to an end, and SAG-AFTRA have reached a tentative deal on a new three-year contract with the Alliance of Motion Picture Studios. The studios over the weekend gave what is said to be the last best and final offer. Uh, We pointed at the time on the show this is often legalese. Um, We were told that the AI issues were still a huge sticking point for the union. They weren't going to go for it, and apparently Monday evening, they had reached an agreement after this thing was settled in on the language that is acceptable to both for the use of AI in the industry. They continue to talk through Tuesday. As we're recording this Wednesday evening, the 8th, we are told the agreement has come. So what does this mean? Well, it basically means that we are going to be able to have some kind of 2023-2024 um TV season. The whole thing, as we pointed out, was they had to try to get this wrapped up by this week. Uh, So here's the situation. The Writers Guild had resolved theirs in late September. We knew this uh, had to get done for them to get back to work. Now, some people said to me, well, can they just run back to work and start filming Monday? No, because you have to get sets built. You have to get costumes built. You have to have lighting, electricians, hairstyle, makeup. All of these people have to be back in place. My guess is what you probably will see is things that are filmed on existing sets and possibly on location will probably roll into production quicker. Uh, I've been hearing early December is when the cameras are going to roll and they're basically going to get 10 to 13 TV episodes in uh, between, it eh, looks like somewhere between probably January, February into May. So uh, essentially, here's where we are right now. It says the SAG-AFTRA committee has reportedly approved the agreement in a unanimous vote. The strike is expected to be officially over, potentially as of midnight tonight, 12.01 a.m. Thursday. Uh, details are under wraps, obviously, but obviously more stuff's going to come in the next days. The six months of Hollywood strikes are estimated to have cost Southern California more than $6.5 billion and over 45,000 entertainment industry jobs. And this goes well beyond California into numerous countries. And so 
the film and TV schedule is going to be a mess, but hey, folks, um, let's they're back. They're going back to work. We got the writers back, and of course, not to put a damper on it because I think this is great news. Let's make sure the video game people are taken care of so we don't have their strike. Justin, tell tell me your thoughts. We've been covering this thing forever. Uh, what are you thinking? Uh, you know, it's good. It's uh, definitely good news. Um, I think, you know, it was kind of like what we were talking about last time. I, I do think it was a matter of time because I think it, as as we kind of went down this route, uh, the pressure was just going to keep going up and up and up on both sides. So there's, you know, it, getting down to the wire, I think it was basically like this week they were they were saying that it's something they had to have something done by this week in order to uh to get really like any content going for uh the next uh tv season so things were really would have been a big mess if they if they missed that um so really coming down to the wire um obviously like you said we don't really know what the details are um but you know it definitely it was something that was important enough for the union to, to hold out this long um they're kind of i think future thinking about the future uh generally just because it does seem like there's a lot of focus on the ai component which i do think that as that technology develops over the next five ten years it's, it's definitely going to become more prominent and and what you know creators are going to be able to to utilize it for uh is going to be huge so uh kind of future proofing their agreements around that i think uh it's important um so it's uh, good to hear, and like you said, though there there are some caveats. It's not like they can just spin up everything, you know, on Monday. Uh, it's going to take some time um, to get everything going. So it will still have an effect. It will probably still have a pretty big effect between the writer strike and this one. Uh, the next season will probably be a little different than what everyone is used to, um, and a lot of shows probably will be pretty deeply affected. But just like the one from. Uh, 15 or 10 or 15 years ago um in the in the 2000s you know the industry did recover from that so uh it, it is something that um you know it, it will it will be temporary the effects will be temporary what i'm curious about is how quickly this is going to happen for example um we've talked about the ballad of songbirds and snakes the new hunger game film was given an exemption because Lionsgate wasn't involved in the discussions to have their stars do promotion. We get to see the movie next week. We've been told we will have a simulcast of the premiere right before we get to see it. Stars are going to be there. Fantastic. The Marvels had a premiere last night. I got to see it. My review is up. Uh, but they had to go with producer, composer, director. Uh, seeing as the strike may end by, as we're recording this, one minute after midnight Thursday, right before the, um, sorry, what are we calling it? Right before the Thursday preview showings, right before the big drop on Friday. It's not out of the realm of possibility that you could literally see them on the phone right now saying, folks, uh, we can get Brie Larson. We can get, um, you know, Samuel L. Jackson on your talk show tomorrow night. Can you squeeze them in? Because literally that's what's going to happen because you've got this huge wave of films coming out. Well, guess what? Now every single one of them is not only available, but contractually obligated in many cases to go out and do publicity. And it is going to be a feeding frenzy of these talk shows trying to book as many of these people as they can because, I mean, 
just look at the next few weeks. I mean, I can tell you one industry that's probably breathing a massive sigh of relief right now is the awards industry, because now we can go into the awards season because I am a voting critic. Now we can go into the Golden Globes and all of those awards leading up to the Oscars, knowing the actors are going to be there. That's a huge thing. We know we can go into the conventions, WonderCon, Comic-Con, with the full slate of actors, writers, and directors in place. That is a huge deal. So I'm really curious to see how quickly the PR machine cranks out. I'm also curious to see how many of these shows that were on the bubble, uh, they or we've already had some where they said, okay, it's renewed. And then they said, uh, you know what? No, 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 it's not renewed. We're not going to be doing that, like chapel weight, that sort of thing. Um, I'm just hoping we don't end up with, and I, I hate to sound like I'm dumping on this, but I don't need another repeat of Heroes where the quality took a massive nosedive uh, right after. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. We will see. Let's uh, change gears, Justin. Let's talk about a lot of the stuff. We kind of had a feeling something was coming up. Got a lot of news coming out. We've had uh, the really good final of Gen V. We've been told The Boys Season 4 is coming very soon. It's going to lead into uh, right after that. There's a new season of Gen V. They've already said a Season 5 of The Boys, and no reason it's not going to go past it. We have got uh, the new trailer for uh, Jack Reacher. A season 2 came out. We got the trailer today for the new Ghostbusters film, which looks, you know, fantastic. I'm really excited about that. Um, but... Uh, curious. We also got some news that, oh, by the way, uh, we're going to get a formal announcement of Grand Theft Auto 6 very soon. What are your expectations and what do you think? Yeah, so this has been kind of an interesting saga because you can actually kind of trace back the uh, the supposed announcements of Grand Theft Auto 6 uh, going back, gosh, um, Three I don't years, know. Four years? What mo much longer than that. I think people have been kind of trying to pick out little clues uh in Grand Theft Auto Five going back uh yeah, like four or five years, uh or, or more. And a lot of times, you know, that that tends to be like, oh, in a patch, uh Rockstar added some asset to Grand Theft Auto Five and then people kinda of read too much into it and they'll look at it at a specific angle and maybe it looks like a six and so then people you know, and then even I even saw one one video. Someone thought that the um, so at, so, some Halloween post that that uh, Rockstar made, and they looked at the moon in the background, and they extrapolated what the the phase of the moon was, and they kind of they were extrapolating what when the announcement was going to be. You know, people have been waiting. So what this tells me is that people have been waiting for a Grand Theft Auto Six announcement for a very long time, and have been been basically chomping at the bit for it. Um, this is different though like you said this is basically an official announcement this is it's actually happening this time um you know and it's a big deal i mean it's a big deal every single grand theft auto game that gets that gets announced um grand theft auto 4 was huge grand theft auto 5 obviously was huge uh anything rockstar does is uh is basically um one of the biggest it's going to be one of the biggest games of, of all time um but uh, the the thing though is that I I would tam tamper some expectations as to when it's going to come out. I mean, Rockstar isn't really known for uh, the kind of um, uh, announcement and, and production schedule where 
they'll announce something and then release it within six or seven months like Nintendo does. Um, I'm, I'm going to guess that this game is probably coming out in uh, 2025. Is, is probably, I, I think it would be a fa- pretty safe bet that the game is coming out in 2025. I think if, you're, if we're lucky, it gets announced uh, you know, December, and then maybe it comes out around November, December of 2024. So uh, effectively, you know, a year later. I think that would be a pretty pretty safe bet, but you never know. Maybe maybe it's because it's it had to have been in the oven for a really long time. They have they've been working on it. Rockstar doesn't release a lot of games uh, very quickly. They they tend to take a lot of time to to get the quality down. Um, so I'm curious to see what they're doing um, with uh, with the with the direction of the game. I mean, Grand Theft Auto Five was huge, and Rockstar. If you kind of trace their whole history, they've been kind of mastering their their craft over the course of several different games and kind of combining their what they learn um into uh into their next title so you know from max Payne 3 got like their shooting mechanics down really well and they incorporate a lot of that design into uh grand theft auto 5 and then into red dead 2 so um i'm i'm going to be really curious to see what uh new kind of direction and new innovations that they bring to the table because grand theft auto 5 was a pretty huge game i am very curious if they are going to go with um a whole new online experience or will it just be oh hey it's a grand theft auto online uh just do this i mean obviously the campaign will be huge but you know let's think about it justin we've talked for a long time about why there hasn't been the push to cram Grand Theft Auto 6 out to the market. And the reason behind it was they were making so much money off Grand Theft Auto Online with every single month with all the new options that are available for people to buy, and it's so phenomenally popular. There was no reason, there was no incentive to. It's kind of like the argument about why doesn't Valve keep cranking out, where's Portal 3, where's the next Half-Life game, where's this? And the argument was always, they don't need to, they have Steam. The fees they get from Steam keep them very profitable. They don't need to be out dangling money to, uh, you know, make a AAA release. It'd be nice, but, you know, bottom line, they're a company, their job is to make money, and there you have it. So very, very interesting news, and I think uh, I'm excited. Now, to to echo your sentiments, I, I cynically as well, when I saw that, said, okay, so the moment they had a release date, I'm adding six to eight months to it. Because that's just, you know, that's just kind of how these things go, isn't it? And so, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully sooner rather than later, as the old saying goes. And uh, hopefully there will be some really positive upswing for that. Now, positive upswing, I do want to mention in that uh, we had returning registration for San Diego Comic-Con over the weekend and so the folks who were able to um attend last year were able to get first dibs on uh returning tickets they went through them they did sell out their allotment but don't fret we have returning registration coming up excuse me open registration coming up so this means exactly what it says it means that if you do not have tickets from last year and you didn't get in at returning registration, or if you've never gone, haven't gone for a few years, whatever the situation is, you can go ahead and you have your chance to, uh, you know, get into the mix and do it. 
Open registration will take place Saturday, November 18th. Uh, so they will have the information on their site, comic-con.org. So we will be uh, following that as well. Make sure that you uh, plan for it, get ready, and uh, go from there, because this is really an amazing event. This is absolutely the number one event on our calendar to cover, and the fact that uh, we got the labor situation uh, under wraps, and we're going to get our stars back. Very, very, very excited about this. Cannot wait to see what's going on. So, Justin, um, covering it with Comic-Con, something that was announced there a couple of years ago. We talked about Marvel. We've talked about Blade. We talked about the shifting uh, writers. We talked about the director changing. And then we talked about, well, okay, you know, here's where it was. And rumors of Marshawn Ali might, uh, was actually considering leaving it, uh, so on and so forth. And it seems like they're moving forward. We talked about who the writers are. Now we get word that uh, from the uh, powers that be that, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, no, no, no. This thing is most definitely going to be R-rated, much like Deadpool 3, which does keep uh, Kevin Feige uh, in line because he had said, we don't have a problem taking the Marvel Cinematic Universe into the R-rated territory when the situation calls for it. There was an article on deadline where he essentially said the director they gave me the r rating which is so important we're gonna have fun because marshala is a deep actor and i want to show a kind of ruthlessness and a roughness that he has and uh, i think so i mean you, you can't do blade pg-13 not when you're dealing with vampires not when you're dealing with the subject matter that they are justin what do you take of it i actually i, I i'm pretty excited just to see the direction that they go, because really, I, I think this kind of uh, this kind of movie is something that the MCU I think really needs. I mean, I think if you kind of field out some of the criticisms you see of the MCU lately, is uh, a lot of the movies do feel very tonally, and it, it's a it's both a blessing and a curse. It's a it's a pro and a con where they're very consistent in their tone and their quality, um, which, which is something you need for a cinematic universe. Um, but it also ends up being a criticism because for at least a lot of people I talked to, a lot of them, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I didn't watch that one. It kind of looked, you know, it, it kind of looked like this other one I watched, you know, if they're not really that into the, uh, the Marvel universe in like per se, they're not as into the characters, then they're really going to be kind of drawn into, uh, something unique and something that's going to, uh, uh, really draw their attention. And I think this is at least for me, it's it's something that uh, I'd really like to see them do to kind of inject something, uh, I, I guess, kind of new and exciting and into the MCU. Um, you know, and like you said, it's very difficult to kind of pull off Blade uh, without the R rating. Uh, I really kind of want to see what a horror, like an actual horror movie kind of looks like. Um you know, done in, in the MCU. I guess the the one challenge is kind of going back to my my earlier point. It's how do you you know trying to blend that in with the rest of the MCU. With you know trying to get that balance so it is consistent with the rest of the tone and the visual style of the MCU. So it fits in and it, it uh, you know re maybe references the rest of the universe in some way. Um, but you know, hopefully they're able to kind of get that a little bit of balance so that they have some. You know, real blade elements in there, but uh, but also keep it consistent with the rest of the franchise. 
Yeah, and I think that's a really good point because uh, there are aspects of, of the Marvels that I am really, really wishing to talk to you folks about. Uh, in particular, the mid-credit scene. I want to uh, be clear; I'm not spoiling anything, but um, there is only one scene in the credits, mid-credits, but it does it does definitely deliver and definitely opens up a world of possibilities for the future. So. Uh, you know, I'm I'm really really curious to see uh, how that is all going to move forward because I'm curious to see what the people's reaction is going to be to it. It was different. It was more comedic, not as like over the top, um, actiony and intense, but still, still um, enjoyable. I thought I had a good time with it. Uh, so you know, I'm hoping people. I am hoping people really um really enjoy it i think that's just the easiest um way to describe it and it'll be interesting to see you know some of the early reviews weren't so kind some of the newer ones like ours have been more positive so uh we'll see i mean i i don't want to bash on it but i looked at it and said it was still better than anything we've had from the dc side of things for <laughs> quite some time so really really happy about that so we had a lot of stuff going on justin there's uh you know obviously uh, a lot of really exciting news and possibilities now that the strike is over and some of the other things i was curious about is if you get in the world of gaming we're getting closer and closer to the holiday season so you're seeing some really interesting things like uh there's a diablo cookbook out there um, we've got Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 coming out Friday, and yay, I'm, you know, I know it's, it's, was supposed to be DLC and all of that, but I'm still excited, ready to get in there and get my review rolling. I'm very excited to play the new zombie thing. I talked about the Jumanji Wild Adventures game, enjoyed that, uh, but I am also kind of curious about some of the things that we're seeing out there, like, for example, we just had BlizzCon last week. We had a lot of uh, newer games announced, uh, you know, expansion stuff for Diablo, expansion stuff for Warcraft, new characters for Overwatch 2. We kind of expected this. Uh, Justin, briefly, really quick, did, was there anything that shocked you that we didn't get, or what did you think of what they did announce? Uh, I'm not particularly surprised about what we didn't get i was you know kind of i had that little slight hope that we'd get something very surprising um you know you always do going into any of these events i, I, th I always res reserve a slot for the wild card where you know just out of nowhere this big hype moment where they bring out something that no one was expecting um you know i was holding out maybe something starcraft related new you know starcraft game you know start you know that I think the idea of StarCraft Ghost coming back is is a long shot. You never know. I mean, we also live in a in a uh, a timeline where um, you know we got a new Alan Wake game, so uh, you never know. Maybe maybe StarCraft Ghost comes back someday. But I was kind of hoping. You know, I, I still had that little wild card. I mean, I wasn't expecting it, but a wild card slot for for something surprising like uh, you know maybe something like a remake of Warcraft Two uh star something starcraft related but um as far as the rest of the show no i don't really think it was very surprising i think it was it was very safe it was pretty much exactly what uh 
what I expected it to be. It didn't really surprise me. I mean, it didn't really excite me a whole ton. I mean, I, I liked Diablo 4 quite a bit, so seeing that they announced the expansion, I was kind of expecting it, and uh, the timeline kind of makes sense. It's coming out way, way late next year, so we didn't really get to see much about it, but we are returning to uh, where Acts 2 and Diablo 2 took place, which is also kind of what I expected. I mean, the, the, if you kind of look at the world map, that is um, the Diablo world map um, where Diablo 4's map ends on, on the south side is basically where Diablo 2 takes place with, with Act 3. So um, it made sense to me. I thought that basically what they would do is expand the map southward. Um, and that seems to be exactly what they're doing. And also it, it makes sense. That's where the uh, the character Mephisto was tied to in Act, in, uh, Act 3 of Diablo 2. So um, they didn't uh, I was kind of hoping they would announce the the actual class, like maybe even just the name of the class that they're adding. Um, they didn't. They just told us that they're that they are adding a class, um, but it's not a class we've ever seen before. So it's something new that we'll have to expect later down the line. Um, so we'll obviously have to wait for more information and actually get some footage of it. It's really just an announcement. Um, as far as the Warcraft side, I'll be completely honest. I've, I've never. I've been a huge Warcraft fan, uh, one of my favorite games of all time, uh, Warcraft 2 and 3, but I never really got into World of Warcraft, which is not really much of an MMO player myself. Um, but uh, I did, I have followed the releases of World of Warcraft just, you know, for my own curiosity, where the story goes and all that. And uh, it was, uh, it was, it's interesting um, just from a production standpoint, it, it seems like they're, they're really kind of going in on War, on Warcraft um in various directions they announced more content for their classic um line um they they also announced the next expansion with their classic line they announced three expansions uh the next three expansions for their main storyline so uh they're really in on warcraft uh, world of warcraft i should say um you know in all directions really they're investing quite a bit into it um, and it makes sense, honestly. Uh, I again, I'm not much of an MMO player, but I am. I absorb a lot of information about them um, through osmosis and through you know friends who do play them. It seems to me, you know, and this is just speculation, but it seems to me that they're they're kind of looking at what is successful that other MMOs have done. Um, it's no secret that while World of Warcraft has been successful and has maintained. Um, you know, a large player base for a long period of time, it has, you know, it has dwindled over time. And it makes sense. It's an over 20-year game, so it's going to lose some players over time to different genres. It's going to lose players to uh, over time to other MMOs in the space. And it's just not as popular as it used to be. So it, it's just, again, it's just speculation, but it kind of, to me, looks like they, they looked at what was working for Final Fantasy XIV, which is another... MMO that's been pretty popular the last couple of years, and they're kind of using a, a similar model in terms of how they're doing their expansions. At least that's what it looks like from from my perspective. So it's, it's interesting, um, but uh, but uh, just to summarize, not very surprising. Yeah, and that's the thing. There was, I think, not surprising, but I think it gave fans. Let's be honest. I think they certainly gave fans more than we've seen in recent years. So that's something to be happy about. And hopefully, hopefully this is also something that is going to uh, bode well down the line in terms of uh, renewed interest. You know, remember the Microsoft deal 
has gone through. So uh, we're anxious to see how that all plays out. So I think we covered a lot of stuff this week, uh, but I wanted to end with the news. We didn't really get a chance to discuss this in detail. Uh, Futurama got two more years of 10-episode seasons. We still have the 10 episodes from the additional order to go. So we got at least 30 episodes of Futurama coming. Justin, your reaction, please. No, it's definitely good news. I mean, I've been a fan of Futurama, um, and any any more announcements from them is definitely good news. It, it shows that they're, you know, they're still going strong, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I just find it funny that every time they try to get rid of the show, it keeps coming back. And I remember when Disney got uh, completed the Fox purchase, I remember being at, um, I believe it was the D23 Expo, uh, not WonderCon, but I think it was the D23 Expo. Either way, um, Matt Groening was there doing a Simpsons panel. And, uh, I, you know, I think it was. It was the one right before COVID. And he was asked, you know, what about Futurama? And he kind of just wryly smiled and was like, you know, there's nothing going on yet, but uh, Disney knows a good thing when they see it. So, you know, and then the next thing you know, it was no surprise to me because they look at the show and it's like, look, the audience is there. And the recent episodes have been hysterical. I, I particularly enjoyed the Zap Gets Cancelled one where he even when he was getting punished, continued to show a complete and utter lack of any kind of decorum. And I was just like, this is brilliant. You know, it's just absolutely clueless. And, you know, Fry and the whole one about binging himself, uh, you know, and, and the, the one about, the, you know, how it mirrored the writer's strike. It's topical, it's futuristic, it's funny, and I can't wait for more. And folks, you know, again, great news. The actor strike is done, so we'll look forward to hopefully hearing some really good news uh, about stuff already going into production the next time we talk. Until then, take care, have a great one, and we'll talk to you soon.